Hello, I'm Andrew Tuck, and you're listening to Tool Stories on Monocle 24, brought to you by the team behind The Urbanist, the show all about the cities we live in. We're on the French Riviera this week to visit the tiny principality with a big reputation for motor racing. But is Monaco veering towards a future without the race that has made its narrow streets so famous? Emily Sands brings us this tall story. Located in the French Riviera, with a population of nearly 40,000 residents, lies a city-state known for its reputation as a billionaire's playground. The land border of less than six kilometres, an array of narrow medieval streets, the high-pitched buzz of a V12 turbo engine, and the harbour filled with superyachts, Monaco is famous for its lavish wealth, the Monte Carlo Casino, and of course, the Monaco Grand Prix. The country sees tourist numbers swell by 500% every year in May for the prestigious Grand Prix. Formula One cars began racing around Monaco's narrow streets in 1929, attracting huge crowds to watch the first instance of what would become one of the world's most historic races. After a 26-year break due to delays and technical difficulties, the race has appeared on every season's calendar since 1955, barring the 2020 season due to the coronavirus outbreak. The circuit offers 78 laps of high-paced strategic racing that sets itself apart by requiring an immense amount of skill, concentration and team effort to take the win, instead of just being down to who has the fastest car. But a narrow urban track like this means safety concerns are ever-present. Barriers weren't installed until the 60s, and before this, making the wrong decision meant that the drivers could end up crashing into a lamppost, a local patisserie, or even into the waters of Port Hercules. In 1955, Italian driver Alberto Ascari got a taste of this when he flew into the Monegasque waters after misjudging a chicane. The car has somersaulted straight into the harbour. Frogman standing by, dive in to rescue Ascari. Even now, one tiny mistake can see your car making friends with the barriers and ending your race early. You can ask Charles Leclerc about that one. What is Leclerc's problem? And is Leclerc actually going to go for it here? And oh, he can't stop! And he has gone straight on into Brendan Harley. And you can see that that was... With 200,000 people arriving for the Grand Prix each year and an added 100,000 on race day, the bustling streets of Monaco become crowded with big spenders for the weekend. That money contributes big to the local economy and the race to the physical streetscape, with the track sausage curbs and racing lines visible all year round. For locals and visitors, travelling within Monaco during the weekend is exceedingly difficult. Monaco does offer a regular bus service and taxis, as well as the monobike, an electric bike service aimed at reducing greenhouse gas emissions. However, these services grind to a halt on race weekend, and residents might be better off staying on their yacht for the night or watching the race from their balcony rather than trying to join the trackside seating. Monaco has also had its share of some memorable moments on the track. 1984 saw one of the wettest races ever in Monaco. Starting after a 45-minute delay, rookie Artin Senna ploughed through the field in his Tolman, quickly catching up to race leader Alan Prost. The race was eventually red-flagged on lap 31 due to the extreme weather conditions, and as Prost began slowing down his McLaren before the finish line, Senna shot through to steal the chequered flag. There's an official right in the middle of the road now showing the red flag, and the chequered flag is going out. They are stopping... This is going to be the end of the Monaco Grand Prix and Prost is stopping and Senna crosses the line before he gets there. Now that's amazing. Prost has stopped. Controversy and speculation followed, but the race win was eventually awarded to Prost, 
many arguing that Senna deserved the win. Formula One even has its own Monegasque driver in Charles Leclerc, but he has sadly never experienced the win at home. This year, Leclerc qualified in pole position, but due to a number of strategic errors and pit lane miscommunications, race day didn't go as planned, and he finished in fourth place. Stay out, stay out. That's Leclerc. They're double stacking down at Ferrari. Charles Leclerc, who was leading this race, leading this race comfortably, came in for intermediate tyres and has uh, had to make a second pit stop. Do you feel like you were let down by the team today? Let down is not the word. Sometimes mistakes can happen, but uh, there's been too many mistakes today. Despite these memorable moments, there's been rumours and a lot of speculation surrounding the future of this Grand Prix. It was announced in September this year that the race would be renewed until 2025. But when you dig deeper into the contract, flaws emerge in a relationship between the Automobile Club de Monaco and Formula One. Monaco currently pays between $10 and $15 million a year to participate in the F1 calendar. However, despite that bargain price compared to the other countries, those in charge at Monaco have been reluctant to make any changes. The renewed contract appears to be on much improved terms for Formula One, who had made it clear that they were ready to walk away from the principality if the changes were not made. With the new compromises that have been made between the two parties, Monaco is here to stay for the foreseeable future. But that doesn't mean that F1 can't pull out in the meantime. The question is, with the new regulations making the cars bigger and the amount of logistical problems that the weekend presents, should Monaco be trying to hold on to their famous race? If 2025 does turn out to be the end of the road for Monaco, fans will surely miss the beautiful landscapes and the cunning strategy that goes into every team's visit to the Principality. To watch the drivers thread these big, bulky, lightning-fast F1 cars between the barriers is spellbinding, and it would be a shame for advances in technology to end Formula 1's annual stop on the French Riviera. But it's important that this, or any race, doesn't come before the quality of life for the Monegasques, who call this luxurious city home. You've been listening to Tall Stories, a Monocle 24 production. Today's episode was written and edited by Emily Sands and produced by David Stevens. Remember to tune in on Thursday for the full 30-minute edition of The Urbanist. I'm Andrew Tuck. Goodbye. Thank you for listening, city lovers. (laughs) 